everybody and welcome to it. You are tuned into the Abide Podcast with your girl, the one and only, Mrs. That's what's up. That's what's up. Alright, I am super excited to be sharing yet again another word with you, another episode, and just talking about the word of God, you know, just understanding the concept and, and getting to a place where we all understand how best to abide in the Lord. Like it's just something that gives me joy to do. And I I am blessed by each and every one of you who continuously DM me, message, whatever you do, comment, you know, letting me know how appreciative you are of of what I do. And thank you for the I've been getting a lot of encouragement recently. <laughs> Uh, from 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 people saying don't give up like keep doing what you're doing you have no idea how much it helps us as young people i've been getting some really amazing comments on in, on youtube um people saying like we need you as a generation things like that are really encouraging and um they're a pleasure to hear i won't lie i'm not going to act like i don't like getting those kinds of comments but you know I'm grateful for a receptive and engaged audience and I really pray and hope that I may continue God willing to do this, that I'll continue God willing, you know, serving you all and serving him through these platforms. But let us get back into today's episode and today I'm going to be talking about the concept of bondage. Bondage, yeah. It, It has been something that's been on my mind. Right, I think I was driving, and a lot of you, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I'm I'm just always inspired by music. You know, worship is a big thing for me, so I'm always just you know listening to worship music in my car and relating to it. However, and oftentimes, more often than not, I'll be driving, and the Holy Spirit will drop something in my you know in my spirit and just bring it to my remembrance. And I was listening to. Bondage. It's by. Uh, I'll 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 write it. I'll write it somewhere here. Uh, but it goes. There is no bondage. Um, every chain is broken. There's no guilt, no shame. All our sins erased. It's a pretty old song. But the beauty, the beauty about worship music and the just praise is that it's timeless. It's timeless, and it's why we can still sing hymns that our grandmothers used to sing and sing them today because they are an homage to a god who is timeless you know the words remain the same because he doesn't change so there's no need for us to alter the songs because he is who he says he is now and forever anyway so today we're going to be talking about the concept of bondage you know that's where we're going to be and what i was pondering on about bondage is i'm asking jesus like god why is it that so many of your people, when I say your people, I'm talking about Christians, so many Christians are still bound. You know, they're in the church, but they're bound. And I simply just can't, oh, I can't grapple with it. I can't, I can't comprehend, you know, the concept of being in the church, but still being so marginalized and being so bound. And I took a minute you know to just kind of figure out and, and and go deeper into the meaning of words you know I, I find that it helps me if I want to better understand a concept is I need to understand the root word right so when I think about the concept of being bound 
you know, and just thinking about it holistically. It is a, a space of being or a, when, when a person or someone or something is a slave, right? When you are enslaved to something or to someone, that is when we say you are bound to it. And I often, you know, speak about when we speak about salvation and I'm, you know, explaining salvation to people who are new converts. And I often let them know that that is the process that, you know, we, we were in. Or that is where we were before Christ saved us. As a matter of fact, that's why Christ died to save us. Because we were bound, you know, by the enemy. We were enslaved by the enemy. Enslaved, you know, by the enemy into sin. And it was a situation where we couldn't get rid of We couldn't remove ourselves from it. We are, ooh, we are powerless to the grasp of the enemy. We, listen, prior to you knowing Jesus Christ, you are powerless to the, the grasp of the enemy. You are powerless to the tricks of the enemy. You are powerless to every scheme, every trick, every ploy that he throws at you. So when we, prior to Christ, were in that space, God looks down and he has, he has compassion. Because we are his children at the end of the day. Even though the things that we found ourselves in were of our own doing... Because he's a good father, he decides to send his son, you know, to be a perpetration for our salvation. And like that, that is how we are saved. But what we want to focus on today is why people are still bound when, 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 and my main scriptures, there's going to be two. I'm going to read from the book of John, and then I'm going to read from the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, right? So that's going to be John um, 8, John 8 from verse 30. And then Hebrews 2, okay? That's where we're going to be going. And this whole concept just made me now go back to the word of God and ask the relevant questions, read the relevant scriptures to say, okay, God, what, what is the issue? Why are people still bound after you've set them free? Because I'm, I'm, I'm speaking today, and y'all know, a lot of the times I'm not speaking to people who are not in the church. I'm not speaking to the unsaved. I'm speaking to the saved in the church. I'm speaking to the people who still need to figure out what, what you're in the church, but you're doing things that are wayward. Like, help me understand. Yeah, like, what, what are you doing? We were having this conversation in a bind in the evening on Monday, you know, just talking about how we know the right things. We know we are in Christ, but for some reason, we're not adhering and we're not living in the way that Christ calls us to live. You know, and, and this is exactly the, the thing that made me want to now come back to the word and say, okay, God, help me understand where, where is the issue? And this is what he told me. First things first, I've done my part. I've set them free. John 3, 16, so God so loved the world that he said, he said his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But we find that even those who have believed perish. Why? And my, the perishing I'm talking about is not necessarily after, you know, death, hell or heaven. I'm talking about today. We find believers who are living a lifestyle that just says it shows you death, spiritual death. And yet the person proclaims Christ. They say that I'm a child of God. I go to church. I go to Bible study. I go to youth. I read my Bible. But your lifestyle doesn't, it's not a, it's not a direct result of what you say you're doing. Why? 
Why is it that so many believers are bound by sin, but they are in the church? And the Holy Spirit revealed something to me and he said, it was a normal phrase. He's like, listen, you can take the horse to the water, but you can't force the horse to drink water. Think about that. I say, but you God. And he's like, correct, but God is a gentleman. God doesn't force himself on you. God doesn't impose his will on you. Instead, he gives you the opportunity because he gave us free will. He might call out to you, but you have a responsibility to answer. And what I'm realizing, what I'm thinking, and listen, this is just me thinking out loud and sharing scriptures and having a conversation. And I would love for y'all, you know, to, to hit me up in the comments and, and tell me what you think about this. You know, what, what are your thoughts about this? Why do we do what we do? Why is it that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, knowing, and I'm going to explain what accepting Jesus Christ means as it pertains to the power of the devil over us and the power of sin. So knowing that, why are we still bound then? Why are we still victims? Why are we still slaves to sin? Why are you still doing things that are not meant, that you're not meant to be doing as a child of God if you're saying you're a child of God? Now, I'm going to read for you um, John chapter 8, and then you can unpack it from like going there. And listen, this is not to say that I'm perfect or I think I am complete and I don't make mistakes. Not at all, you know, but my biggest thing is as a believer, you need to get to a place. This is how you know that, listen, I'm growing. When you get to a place with sin where, not to say that we don't sin anymore, we're, we're fallible, we're human, we're in the flesh, we're going to make mistakes. But the difference between us and someone who is truly not saved or someone who says they're saved, but the power of salvation is not visible or evident in their life ooh, is that you no longer pursue sin. Sin breaks your heart. A person who no longer has a conscience when they sin, there is no relationship there with the Holy Ghost. If you are able to do things that are opposing the word of God and feel no remorse and have no conviction about it, that should, give, that should be a red flag. If we're talking about red flags in your relationship with God, you're saying you have a relationship with God, but there are certain things like you, can, you have no convictions over certain things. For you, everything can, can go. The world says, A, you say that's correct. The Bible says that, you say that's correct. It cannot be. We, we, are, we are a generation, as I'm talking about us as young people, we seem to be a generation that is, we are enamored, we are in love with things that break God's heart. Like, we would rather break God's heart and fulfill expectations of society and the world, which is fleeting, by the way which is passing away. All of these things that we see, they are all passing away. But God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He will remain. But our, our focus and our priorities are skewed. We're prioritizing things that are temporary and we are neglecting a relationship that is permanent. Quote me. <laughs> I said I'm going to read John chapter 8. Um, and I'm going to go from verse, let's see, was it John chapter, yeah, John chapter 8 verse 34. Okay, I'm going to read from verse uh, 31. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, 
the ones who believed in him. See me, I'm like Jesus. I'm speaking to the ones who believe, child. Because <laughs> we need to correct something. There are so many people who are in him or say they are in him but have misconceptions about who he is and how to relate to him. And I feel like you will be wasting your life and wasting your relationship if you are walking with a God that you don't understand. So if we need to unpack and, and understand the nature of God and who he is, let's do that. And if God leads me to now evangelize to those who are outside, I'm going to do it. But right now my heart is bleeding for the young people in the church who are doing crazy things. Okay? Stop it. If you know you're doing crazy things, for the benefit of those on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever else that you don't see my face, I'm currently looking into camera and pointing at them and saying, if you know you are living a wayward life, you know you say you're a child of God, you've accepted the Lord, you know, as, as your Lord and Savior, but you are walking in the, in the wide path. You know, Jesus says there is a narrow path and a wide path. And the narrow one, few find it. And the, and, the, and the wide one, many find it. And the wide one leads to death. See, now I'm, I'm evangelizing to you. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> okay? Find the narrow path. It's a narrow path because not many want to walk in it. You want to be a Christian who's also walking in the, in the wide path. You want the benefits of walking in... You want the fun of walking in the wide path, but the benefits of being in the narrow. Make it make sense. Being in the narrow is a sacrifice, baby. Being in the narrow is uncomfortable. Being in the narrow demands something of you. Being in the narrow asks you to pick up your cross and walk daily, but you don't want to sacrifice. You want the fun times of the wide path, but also still get the benefits of being with Jesus when all is said and done. Pick a side, any side, just pick one. John chapter 8 verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is his word. But remember John 1. I always like quoting John 1 for people. Because you know God is so complex and so beautiful in all his ways. I want to read the scripture for you. John 1 says. John chapter 1 from verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Word is Jesus. I'm approving to you. I'm not talking my own nonsense. Move with me. Verse 2. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. What does Jesus say in the New Testament when you read in in, in, in the, well, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels. He says, I am the light of the world. The Bible points you to Jesus. So when he says truth, when he says the truth will set you free, he's saying I will set you free. See, a lot of you are looking for freedom in the club. You say you are you living your youth, you know, you're, you're chopping your youth, you're eating your youth, you're living your best life, you're, you're being free. No man, Misha, you guys are in church, you're, you guys near life when you're like in stuff. we do whatever we want, we are free. 
Your freedom is leading you to death. Babe, Jesus is freedom. The truth that is the word of God is freedom. Jesus died for your freedom. So if Jesus died for your freedom and true freedom is found in Christ, if you are not in Christ, that means you're not free. You're bound. You're a slave to something. What is that something? You're a slave to Satan and his schemes. You're a slave to sin. And who is the father of sin? It's the devil. No, Amisha, I'm not a servant of the devil. I didn't say you're a servant of the devil, but if you're not serving Jesus Oh, see, that's going to get me in trouble. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Move with me. Verse 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, a lot of believers in the church don't know the truth. That's sad. You're in the church, but you don't know the truth. You hear the truth. You hear the word spoken. You hear it when your pastor's preaching. You hear it when you listen to the videos, but you don't know it for yourself. You're not convicted by it because you don't have a desire to know it. You're okay just having it come in and go out. You don't want to sit down and investigate. Who is this truth? What is this truth? What does it mean to me? Who is this truth to me? What is this truth demanding that I do in this season? See, you don't like the word demanding, but that's a fact of the matter that God demands something from you. But you don't want that. No. You want to come to God and give nothing. You don't want there to be an exchange. You just want to receive. You don't want to give. I said, God, why are your people still bound? Verse 33. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? This is the conversation God and Jesus is having with the disciples. Then Jesus replied, verse 34, I tell you the truth. Don't you love God? I tell you the truth. I'm telling you about me. I'm telling you, listen to me as I tell you about me. <laughs> Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Then he goes on to say, a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son, Christ, sets you free, then you are truly free. Then, only then, you are truly free. There is no freedom without Christ. You might have a temporary freedom every Saturday night, every Friday night, Every, every Sunday evening when you go out to those Sunday chillers, I don't know where you guys go. You might feel like you're free when you are doing whatever it is you're doing that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you, it feels good, so you do it because you're free. I'm here to tell you that true freedom only comes through Jesus Christ. He says, yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no, rooms in your, there's no room in your heart for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are not. A, you, are, you are following the advice of your father. Then it just continues to go. But ultimately, verse 34 is where we were supposed to stay. And it says, I tell you the truth, that everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Okay. And that is where my reading and my investigation of this concept of being bound, you know, led me to. It led me to looking at the fact that 
if we are perpetually living a life of just chasing sin, you are governed by your flesh. You cannot say no to your flesh. You, if your if your flesh says this is what we're doing, and you know it's the wrong thing to do, you do it because you are a slave to your flesh. Sometimes you're a slave to alcohol. You're a slave to drugs. You're a slave to sex. You're a slave to whatever vice it is that you use. And you know, you know, you know it's wrong, but you can't stop slavery. You're bound. And Jesus says, the only way, Misha, that true freedom comes is when they receive me for who I am fully. I've, I've done my part. I died. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus, also became flesh and blood. Remember I, I read John 1. Go read the entirety of John chapter 1 to understand this. For only as a human being could he die. Because remember, he's fully God. He was fully God and fully man. But he couldn't give his life if he was still seated at the right hand of the Father as God. He had to come down and be a man so that his flesh could be killed for our salvation. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves. That was Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 15. See, Jesus had to give up his life in order, because the only blood powerful enough to break the hold. Listen, let me put it this way. The devil has a chokehold on the people. He had a chokehold on us back in the garden after the, the fruit was eaten and that chokehold lasted until Jesus went to the cross and died. When his blood was shed and he was giving up his spirit, he says, it is finished. Meaning, I have completed the work that I came to do. And what is the work that Jesus came to do? Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin and ultimately the power of the devil. And I said to you, I posed the question and I said, why then are Christians still under the chokehold of the devil? Because you haven't fully accepted and received and taken on the freedom that Christ died to give you. Because you enjoy being a slave. It's easier to be bound. It's easier to be a slave, to be a slave to a master because a master tells you what to do. When you come to Christ, there is a freedom and the freedom is in that. Guys, it's just, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but in this freedom that we find in him, he guides, he leads, he doesn't impose. He says, this is what you should do and you have a decision to make. But when you are a slave to the enemy, he doesn't give you an option. He tells you this is how it's going to go and you find yourself doing things. And then you question yourself Sunday night, Sunday, Monday morning, and you're like, why did I do that this weekend? Why do I keep doing this every weekend? I'm tired. I'm running out of money. I Listen, I'm not saying this is everyone's story. I'm not saying this is everyone's thing. But I'm trying to let you know that 
There is a freedom that Christ died to give you. And as long as you are still dabbling in the world and trying to have your foot in the church, in the, not in the church, in the kingdom of God, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You cannot be on the fence. And that is why you're still bound, because you're on the fence. True freedom comes by making a decision. True freedom, you can't walk with Jesus on this side and the devil on this side. It's not going to happen. These are two masters and each of them want the throne of your heart. The rightful owner of that throne is waiting for you to give it to him. The wrongful one who is on that throne takes it from you. Because you have no power over him until Jesus Christ. Do you understand? It says here, verse, is it verse 15? Only in this way could he set free all who were slaves. You cannot set yourself free, child of God. You wonder why you're still struggling with that addiction. You wonder why you're still struggling with porn. You wonder why you're still struggling with alcoholism, with drug abuse, with lust, with all fornication, all of these things. Why am I still, I've been trying, I've been trying. I've, you're even going to church, I've been trying, I've been trying. Because you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to do it on your own terms. But when you understand that Jesus finished it all on the cross, and when you come to him and you submitted to him and you say, God, I know that in my own strength and in my own power, I can't stop drinking and getting drunk. I need your help. God, I want to be, you know, virtuous. I may have lost my virginity. I may have been, you know, sexual all of my teenage years. But I'm understanding now that you require me to be holy as you are holy, to be set apart unto your works. And I want to stop having sex because I'm not married. God, help me. I submit this to you. Watch him take your hand and help you through that. Give yourself time. Give him time to work in you. Let the spirit of God change your desires. Let the spirit of God change your cravings. Let the spirit of God maneuver you and shift you. And next thing you know, you're testifying about the fact that I used to do A, B, C, and D. But now I'm pursuing God. I used to pursue this, that, and the other. But now I'm pursuing God. You can't pursue them both. One is going to suffer. And more often than not, and then not, the one that your flesh is pulling you towards is going to win more. Because the one where you're pursuing Jesus is harder. And if we know anything, we're creatures of habit. We like easy things. This is, this is something that I was thinking about, you know, last week. That a lot of Christians are, are just sitting in bondage. Jesus died and loosened the chains. He loosened the chains already, but you're still sitting in that jail cell. He died to set you free, but you're still sitting with those chains on you. He broke the chains from the wall that was holding you captive, but you're still sitting like this, even though the chains fell down a long time ago. You need to get up and walk. You need to get up and go into this freedom that he did for you. Right? It's like being in a jail cell. And then the doors open, but you don't step out into the freedom that is right before you. That is what a lot of you are doing by not pursuing a relationship with Jesus when you know about him, when you desire him, but you continue to chase other things. You are chasing slavery. You are chasing bondage instead of chasing the freedom that is right in front of you. The chains have been broken, but you're still sitting in the jail cell. 
something to think about. On that note, I must say thank y'all so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Abod Abod Wow. On that note, I'm going to say thank you so much for tuning into yet another episode of the Abide Podcast. I am honored to have your ear. I am blessed to be able to share this word with you. Um, and I really hope that it was edifying. And I hope that it, it, I hope that it brings deliverance to someone. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Don't forget to hit me up in the comment section. Tell me what you thought about this. Maybe you disagree. Let's have that conversation. Follow me on Instagram right here at Misha underscore Lekuleni. Uh, and let's just, let's, let's talk about it. Let's grow together in Christ, man. Love you all very much. Pray nothing but blessings, peace, joy, and love in your lives. It's time for me to say goodbye. Pray. Hey.